Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to the King Street Podcast. Hey friends, my name is Matt, and this podcast exists to help you glorify God and enjoy Him forever. It is a gift from our church to you, and on this week's episode, I have a good friend of mine who is joining us, and uh, his name is Nate Emanuel. Nate, how you doing, man? Doing all right, doing all right. Glad to be on the podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, we're glad to have you. And Nate and I know one another. We go back several years now. We met in college and have really been able to connect and build a great relationship um, over the last um, several years, specifically revolving around around music and doing music together. And so um, that's one of our passions, and that's what we're going to be talking about um, today as well. Man, Nate, let me um, give you an opportunity just to share a little bit about about you and your background and your history. Um, share a little bit of your involvement in music and your passion for music, your desire in making music yourself as an artist. Um, if you could just kind of fill in our listeners a little bit on that. Sure. Yeah. So uh, I wasn't um, music wasn't the thing that I thought that I always thought that I would do. Um, when I was younger, I just always wanted to be an illustrator, animator, storyteller. Um, and when I came to Christ at 15 years old, um, that's when I started to get into Christian hip hop and uh, just wanting music that was going to be edifying me. And then uh, through that, I began to like try to rap and you know freestyle and play around. And uh, through that, I just grew a love for the art form as, as a way to be able to share uh, what I was learning and uh, just, you know, what I was learning about God and life and, and being able to express those things. Um, and so it's, it was really, it was awesome that it was just, it was a gift from the Lord. Yeah. Um, and that it wasn't something I ever expected, but it, it, it came after conversion and then going into college before and around the time that we met, like I, I just generally was expanding in the, uh, genres that I was into and even in the forms of writing that I did. And so coming out of college, started doing more singing um, to the point of today where I, I I try to do both. You know, I sing and I rap and I enjoy writing for, you know, various styles. Yeah. And in fact, if you're listening to this and Nate probably won't do it himself, so I'm going to do it. And uh, you can find his stuff uh, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes. Um, really awesome, encouraging uh, music that really edifies the soul. And I was looking at your bio on Spotify Mm. earlier today, uh, and I read at the end of it, in the end, Nate's desire for the result of his music is that all glory be to Christ, Um, which by the way is is the title of one of my favorite songs Mm. that we sing even as a church. I know many of our um, members do as well. And so... I wanted to go ahead and put that plug in uh, before we got into it. Uh, what we're going to be discussing today, and what we've been talking about, Nate, over the last several, ep- uh, the last couple of episodes, um, is that of spiritual disciplines. Mm-hmm. And David Mathis, are you familiar with David Mathis? He does a lot of desiring God stuff. Not very familiar. No, I've okay. I think I've heard his name. Well, he has. Well, you know, Donald Whitney has a book 
called spiritual disciplines for the Christian life. Hmm. That's like the big, um, one of the most well-known books on this topic. And he, he, he dives deeply into all kinds of things in that book. David Mathis simplifies the spiritual disciplines a little bit more, mm-hmm. and he breaks them down into three different main categories, and that's uh, Bible intake, it's category one that he deals with in his book. Second is prayer, mm-hmm. or having God's ear, and third is fellowship, so being in Christian community, particularly he's thinking about local church commitment and fellowship, and how God uses these ordinary means of grace to grow us in our faith. And so these series of podcasts are going to be going over those three categories, and we're still in category one, which is Bible intake. Mm -hmm. And this might be a little interesting for some people, because I feel like some people might listen to this podcast and think music, singing songs, biblically sound, doctrinally sound songs is an odd topic to discuss on an episode about spiritual disciplines, uh, particularly Bible intake. And mm. so let me just ask you, as, as you think about that, why why would we have an episode maybe on dealing with Bible intake, um, exposing ourselves to God's Word, and, and devote an episode to the songs that we sing, not only in church, but in our everyday life? Why, why is this a relevant and important topic under the category of Bible intake? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think one reason, um, and maybe this is the extreme kind of answer, but you know, the longest book in the Bible is a book of songs. Hmm. Um, I think, so there's, there's relevance to the connection between song and scripture in that, wow, look at so much of scripture is uh, song. Um, so there's that. Um, but then, you know, and this is something that one of one of my good friends, Christian Givens, he uh, he has a he also has a podcast called Faithful Christian, and this is something that he was telling me, my buddy Macklin, the other day, uh, was that um, singing scripture is such a helpful way to memorize it, and that's something that he was taught uh, growing up. I think you know probably through church and and the Christian school that he went to. That sometimes he still does. And they, you know, the other day. Um, you know, he, he takes this, everybody's using this voicey app during the pandemic, right. To, yeah. to make all these funny or cool, you know, like singing videos. And like, he just, uh, he chose a scripture uh, from the new Testament, one of the epistles and just, and sang it and just was, you know, just singing over this beat scripture. And it was just really cool. Um, and a reminder that, Hey man, like song music is, is a great way to remind yourself of the truth. Um, and I think about uh, particular phrases or stanzas, whether they're said or sung, you know, even in the Old Testament, that the Lord is good and that his steadfast love endures forever. You know, things that are continually said, or even the Psalms being something that uh, regularly reminded people of the scriptures and the, and the truths of God. And I think um, that that's something that, has always been true in the faith and continues to be true. And uh, for me, it resonates when I, you know, look back a thousand years and find some old hymn of the church, like let all mortal flesh keep silence. Mm. And like, I'm just astounded by like, wow, the glory 
that's in this song and the truth um, and to know that the church was singing that then and then I'm singing it to the Lord now uh, with them in the same spirit. Um, so yeah, I think I think song is central uh, to the Christian life and we see that, you know, Paul tells the Colossians, you know, right? That that's a part of their Christian walk. And so uh, it's central to Christian life and I think it's also uh, very important when it comes to memorizing scripture and people have different techniques, um, memorizing scripture, uh, exegeting, explaining, like there's, there's reminding, you know, there's so many different elements of that. And I think for me as a teenager who was changing my musical influences, um, it would blow my mind when like, I, I'm starting to read the Bible more now that I'm a Christian and, I'm like, yo, like that's what so-and-so said in their song, you know, thinking mm. about a, right. a hip hop artist that I listened to and like, oh, I, now I get what they mean. And making that connection and like going back and forth between the music I was listening to and what I was reading in the scriptures um, and just the, the music echo- echoing the truth of the scriptures right, in a memorable way that is causing me to proclaim and proclaim that truth through song and remind myself of it. Um, I think it's incredibly uh, helpful and it's, it's it's a tool that's meant for the Lord's glory. Yeah. And, and music is uh, profoundly powerful. Mm-hmm. Just oh, yeah. it, it, you know, you brought up the Psalms at, at the beginning there and there's just something different about not that either one is better than the other, but there's something different about one of the letters that the Apostle Paul writes and the type of emotional connection that many people feel and experience when they read poetry, mm-hmm. like in the book of Psalms, and then you realize that, wow, these were things that people sung. We, mm-hmm. we see all the superscriptions, right? These are songs that have been written and they're being directed by the choir master and so forth. And so these are so- songs that the nation of Israel um, is singing together. And I think about, you know, you're talking about this memorization. We have evidence in the New Testament of certain portions of Scripture, of uh, Philippians 2 uh, being one of them, the first few verses in Philippians 2. And it's talking about how we should have this mind among us, like in Christ. And this section of of Philippians was most likely um, a hymn that was being passed down. And it probably wasn't original to Paul in some sense, but was something that Paul was quoting and making use of that had already been passed around uh, through the church teaching orthodox doctrine. So this was sort of a summary of what Christians believed. Mm-hmm. And the way that they memorized this summary and the way that they passed this doctrine, this teaching around to one another was through writing a song um, mm-hmm. and singing it because it has such an emotional connection to us and it also has that element of being able to memorize. And so I did, you know, Growing up yourself, what was your um, experience like in the church with the type of music that you were exposed to? 
Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you asking that question. I think that's a particular topic that I've been uh, wrestling through, thinking through for some time now. I think growing up, um, music and church, uh, the associations that I had with that would be um, excitement, passion, movement. Mm. Um, that like, you know, when you're singing, Lord, you are good and your mercy endureth forever, you know, and everybody's swaying and clapping and like, you know, they're coming around and, you know, singing it for the third time, bringing back the chorus again because he's still good and his mercy still endures forever. You know, you think the right. song's about to end. It's not about to end. Right. Um, so, By the way, I never experienced that in person, but I experienced it on the stereo player in my house when my mom would clean. Okay. I, I can't remember what the CD was, but that song in particular, I'm so glad you brought it up because I remember like yesterday... Whenever it was a Saturday, my dad's a postman, so he'd, he'd be delivering mail on that Saturday, and my mom's cleaning, and I can remember that song blasting um, throughout the yeah. house. Yeah, yeah. I look back on it, and I looked at the lyrics the other day, just because I don't. It's not a particular song that we sing in the church I go to now. And I was like, man, like these lyrics are so good, and they're mm-hmm. from scripture. Yeah. Um, and I rem- and I haven't sung the song in church for years Hmm. but like i remember it and i could sing it any day um so man just to talk about church experiences in general and even specifically with music i've uh i've definitely had a variety um i grew up honestly grew up in a in several different churches um i think part of that had to do with moving we moved quite a bit but then another part of that had to do with i think the lord's uh prompting of my mom and you know sometimes we'd come to a particular area and she'd just feel like man you know something's just not quite right and then we moved to another place and and it wasn't just uh church hopping looking back i mean there are a lot of like genuine issues of like you know specific uh kinds of churches that that we were in at, at certain points um and I think the Lord was just inching her along uh, every time. And so, yeah, I grew up, like I've gone to, I think a majority of the churches I went to were probably pretty multicultural. Not all of them. Uh, there's a couple of them that I went to growing up that uh, were all black um, for, you know, or mostly black for, um, for a time. There was a time where we went to a mostly white um baptist church um and there's a time where we went to an episcopal church and i would say probably the majority of the churches though uh growing up where would be more um charismatic um in their beliefs and expressions of of gifts and but but also more expressive in a lot of uh, the music. And so, um, yeah, it's hard to pin down my experience as one particular thing, though. I think that would generally, you know, touch on what, what a lot of them were like. Um, and yeah, I think, um, there's, it's a whole other subject to get into the worship direction. Um, but I think the music, um, looking back, even as an unconverted, uh, child, teenager, whatever, um, you know, there was something 
there's something inspiring about like, hey, like we're singing to God, you know, we're going to move, we're going to praise, we're going to shout out this praise unto the Lord. Um, And that it is exciting to sing for the Lord. Um, And of course, when I mention things like movement, volume, et cetera, I recognize that those are like cultural things. And I'm not saying that those are expectations that need to be in each and every church. So just saying that, you know, that's a particular experience in a lot of those churches. Um, Those are modes, modes of the principle there is you're singing as as a church to Christ, to worship him, glorify him. And that's going to look potentially drastically different based on what the congregation is and who the Mm -hmm. leaders are, where, you know, what part of the world you're in. Some of it is circumstantial, right? Like I think about our brothers and sisters in Kenya, when we go there, it's drastically different in the way that we um, sing and worship God together, but we're doing what the scriptures have asked us to do um, by encouraging one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Right. Um, But the circumstances just surrounding it are, are, are a tad different. Right. Yeah. And so, actually, one of the last churches that we landed on when we still lived in Virginia, um, before we moved to Texas, was like an Episcopal church, um, gospel a gospel preaching one. And I, I remember very few things about it, but the few things that I remember were the people were extreme, extremely loving. Um, the gospel was clearly taught. And I was 12 years old, and I wasn't following Christ. Um, you know, I generally would have identified as a Christian, but um, culturally so. Um, the people were loving. The gospel was preached very clearly, and hymns, hmm. and that was that was different for me. That was a different experience. But because the people were so loving, because everything I, in general, like it was a pretty solid uh, and it was a good church. Like I was like, oh, this is kind of different, but it's cool, you know. Um, and I and I liked it. Uh, I I thought that was cool. So we were there for a little bit, but then we ended up uh, moving to Texas. Um, So I think moving to where I am now, um, having been in a a variety of different, you know, cultural expressions of singing and worship and teaching. And (laughs) um, now the church that I'm in would, you know, probably be, honestly characterized as a, as a reformed Baptist church. Uh-huh. Um, and it, the expression is, is different. And we sing hymns and we also sing contemporary songs. But when we say contemporary song, it's not necessarily what, you know, everybody thinks of. It's, it's more so like the Stuart town and, you know, the Gettys and city of yeah. light and, you know, yeah. Contemporarily written songs. Um, so, yeah, and so that's uh, it's not the same, uh, you know, in the sense of like movement or the ex- expression is no not always the same. Um, but one of the things that they emphasize is uh, simplicity in worship, so mm-hmm. that what's heard the loudest is is the voice of the congregation. And that's something that I also appreciate and think is beautiful, especially when there's a particular song or hymn that the church knows really well and they just sing it really loudly and it just inspires you to be around everybody singing, you know, know, we were talking. Yeah. You know, we were talking the other day um, 
because I had, I had texted you one of these old songs that they would sing um, on these ships, mm-hmm. right? When people are, are, are leaving, they're leaving their wives behind, their families behind, going on these long voyages. And uh, you'd hear these songs that these men would sing together um, on this ship. And for a lot of history, human history, the type of singing that's been done, a lot of it has been a cappella and people singing together and their voices being sung together. And there's just not a lot of places, um, at least in our context today in, in the United States, where people sing together anymore. Mm. And I mean, unless you go to a concert and you can't hear the person next to you. But right. <laughs> um, I, I mean, it, and that's a form of it. Once again, that's circumstantial. Um, that's a form of it. Um, yeah. But in terms of like actually hearing one another's voices, um, about the closest thing I can pinpoint is uh, people singing at like a, a football match, a soccer match. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. When you're going, um, yeah, when you're going to a sporting event and everybody's mm-hmm. chanting and singing, I think that's, that is, that's an, a cultural example of where it's, you're right. Like it's not, you know, you know, singing while we work is not so much of a thing anymore. Right. You know, and, and it's, it's, it's found its way like drifting out of a lot of Western culture. Um, it's still in certain places like sports matches. And I, and I just want to say like in all the variety of what I mentioned, mm-hmm. um, I want to say there's things that I, I've loved from all of those experiences. Um, there are things that I appreciate in my current experience. There's things that I appreciate and miss about uh, past experiences of different churches um, that I've been in. And, and I love it when those things can come together. Right. Um, and when, you know, a certain uh, heritage or, you know, conviction of music style isn't necessarily pitted against another expression of Mm -hmm. it. Um, because I think if at heart it's about principle, um, then that principle can be expressed, um, in, in many ways. Yeah, no, I think that's good. I, I, um, I really appreciate your testimony there talking about some of what you have experienced in the past and how that one song, um, Lord, you're good, your mercy endureth forever. How that song has stuck in your mind. And I'm sure there's many people who might be listening to this podcast right now when I just say those lyrics, you already know the tune in your head. Oh, yeah. And and you can sing those, and, and you can sing that song. And it does aid with that memorization. It's very powerful. It connects with us on an affectionate level um, that only poetry and melodies can do. Um, and... I imagine there are a lot of people who leave a Sunday morning for King's Tree Church, if you're listening to this, who have not memorized a single portion of my sermon. <laughs> yeah. But there's going to be some song that we sing today that they may not hear for 20 years, and they're still going to know it 20 yeah. years from now. And um, they're going to be able to sing it in their kitchen. So much of our theology is learned in what we sing together as a church. Mm -hmm. Um, And so isn't that why we sing together? Why why do we sing together whenever we come together as as a church? Why do we feel a need um, 
to sing together? Are there any biblical directives here? Um, is it is it just a matter of prudence? It's just helpful. It's just wise to sing together. Why why do we do this as a main portion of of our services? Why not just preach a sermon and and leave? Um, any thoughts there? Yeah. So I, I first think about Colossians three, fifteen, um, and it says, "And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which mm-hmm. indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful." And in verse 16, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And man, like it's amazing. There's a couple of things that are amazing to me. One, he starts off, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Hmm. And it's like, then he begins to express, you know, ways in which that is, done yeah. yeah teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and so one okay singing in the church is commanded right um and not and not only that but when you read the psalms like it's it's commanded in the song sometimes it's like sing to the lord yeah the old yeah. testament particularly the book of psalms is full of command after command after command to sing yeah yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, we have this New Testament command here specifically for churches to do this, in some sense, to one another. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And so that's why it's important that it's congregational, um, that w- that we are singing together. Um, obviously, it's beneficial to be singing, you know, when you're by yourself and singing to the Lord. Mm-hmm. But as we are gathered, we're commanded to sing, and he tells us that, that's a part of the word of Christ dwelling in us richly. I just think that's amazing. Um, For me, I am constantly, like my mind is blown by the privilege of music. Hmm. And I think that's because it's a gift that the Lord has given me to enjoy. Um, And not even just as a producer, but also as a consumer. Um, But even on the producing side of making music and writing, um, that it's such a good gift and we have the privilege to be able to enjoy it and we are even commanded to do it. And it's just right. like somebody commanding you to do something enjoyable, wonderful. Hmm. Um, music is so cool. Like, yeah. I just think music is so cool. So when I, when I uh, write music, whether it be for myself or, or, you know, from a singular voice in a sense, or whether it be like I'm writing a some sort of like congregational song, mm-hmm. like it is amazing to me. That's like, I enjoy this so much. It's crazy that like I get to do this to the glory of God. And maybe that shouldn't be surprising um, because, you know, all of life should be to the glory of God, but it's just. Well, that's the next verse there in the, te- in, the uh, in in the text you just read. Um let the word of Christ richly dwell within you with all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him uh, to God the Father. Amen. Yeah. And I don't know, It's to me, it's, that is such a privilege um, because to me, music 
singing songwriting is something that's so enjoyable um and so it's it's like god setting out of me even the garden and saying you know take eat you know eat of all the fruit in the garden like this is all yours Mm. you know and then commanding them commanding them to eat of all the fruit commanding them to be fruitful to be fruitful and multiply yes commanding them to have dominion and to take care of you know commanding them yeah to have authority you know god Mm. commands pleasure um pleasurable things that are to his glory Mm. and to his praise and so i i think you know commands to sing commands you know to sing a new song you know the fact that we can do that then we can write new songs to the glory of god is an extreme uh privilege because music is so cool and so fun yeah i mean i hope we don't forget that connection there that you pointed out you know we're talking about bible intake and this is a clear text in scripture where the depth of bible intake is kind of expressed and let the word of christ richly dwell within Mm -hmm. within your heart and then these participles indicating this is how you do it teaching and admonishing with psalms hymns and spiritual songs um and i think we recognize that right we recognize one of the ways that we have things that we meditate on that we cherish that we treasure is that we memorize them we we mm-hmm. sing them. And so what an awesome opportunity that we have as human beings to not only sing tunes, but to create tunes. I mean, you could be in your you, you could be in your kitchen and think of a Bible verse and just make up your own tune and sing yeah. it. <laughs> and um it's not rocket science. This is how God's created us. We teach our children the ABCs by singing a tune. And one of the and, and then we know it like the back of our hand and mm-hmm. this isn't just about rote memory obviously it's about the word of christ richly dwelling within us so so we're cherishing it um it's changing us his word is changing us and working in our hearts but man what a wonderful opportunity and and you have that so i love that i, I think i could summarize what you said of course we're commanded that's one reason why we do it as a church we're commanded to um but secondly, um, it's a joy. Mm-hmm. It's a joy to do it. I, I think of Ephesians, because um, it's very similar, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19, where uh, Paul says, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with your heart to the Lord. I mean, just, yeah. just think about that. Like, there, there's a direction here, and we're singing and we're making melody with our heart to the Lord. That seems to depict a type of joy and liveliness that there is in, in, in cherishing the things of, of Christ and singing them to Him. Yeah, I just, what that reminded me of was uh, one of my favorite passages in John. Mm-hmm. Um, in John 15, after Jesus talks about um, how he's the vine and that the disciples are the branches and he gives them uh, the commandment to love one another. Um, well, in John 13, he's given them that commandment and then 
you know, later after this scripture I'm about to read, he reiterates it. But he says, if you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. And um, and then he goes into this is my commandment that you love one another as I've loved you. Um, but I think, man, it's so important. And this is a reminder to myself that I need sometimes when I'm just tempted and in the flesh, like uh, to think of God's commandments as a dry thing. They are for our joy. Yeah. It's not just meant to be a harsh medicine to swallow and like, well, it'll somehow make you feel better in the end. Hmm. Um, Discipline Sure, you know, discipline is that way. Hebrews uh, 12 tells us that there there is some element to that. And so, yes, sometimes it can be hard because um, we're fighting. Um, but, you know, something that I think a lot of the teaching of John Piper would attest to is that we're fighting for joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're fighting to have our loves uh, rightly ordered, to have our joy rightly ordered, and to have it primarily in God, um, where our joy is most satisfied and where he is most glorified. Um, and yeah, I think the reminder of any commandment that Jesus has commanded us these things, that our joy may be full. Um, that, and, and here's the deal, is like that whole, right before he says that, he's talking about abiding in him. And that his disciples must abide in him, and and that if he keep if we keep his commandments, then we'll abide in his love. Um, these things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. And then if you look at what it says in Colossians, it's that the word of Christ may dwell in you richly. And what that is is it's abiding. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's very similar to what Jesus is saying here about you know if you abide in me and my words abide in you, and so. I think there's a there's a clear connection from what Jesus is saying here about his words abiding in us, us, you know, obeying that commandment yeah. um, and finding joy. And what Paul is saying in Colossians, what he's commanding the church to do, and like I believe that commandment to sing, which helps what Jesus says here, for his word to abide and and dwell in us richly, that ultimately mm-hmm. is for our joy. And what a privilege it is that the commandments that we are given are for our joy. Absolutely. No, I think that's really good. Um, so, so let's just think for a moment about, um, for instance, our, our church. I know you're in a little bit of a different place. You're in a more established church. Um, mm-hmm. You guys have uh, musicians and so forth that can help lead um, uh, the congregation and singing. Um, we don't have that. Right at this mm-hmm. point in time, we're, we're playing tracks, and uh, we know that some people might walk in on a Sunday morning and think that's the weirdest thing uh, under the sun. Some people might think that that's the most beautiful thing under the sun because it's, it feels raw and authentic. Um, some people uh, want, you know, to have some lights going. We want some some speakers. We want this kind of instrument, that kind of instrument. There's all kinds of methods there. But if, if I'm a Christian and I'm trying to discern, I'm trying to think through... Um, this church in particular, whatever church it might be, and I want to know, are they doing this faithfully? Are they mm-hmm. doing music faithfully? What things 
should I be most concerned with when it comes to the singing ministry that takes place on Sunday morning as a believer, uh, maybe looking for a new church or, or thinking about my church? What are the things that are most important when it comes to singing? That's a great question. That's a big question. I'm going to I expect to you to have all it. the answers. That's right. <laughs> I'm going to attempt to answer it off the cuff from my experience and not not just from my experience, um, from my understanding what I believe. Um, sure. And not going to uh, in any way say this is the once for all handed down. This is a safe three of the church. Right. Uh, this <laughs> answer. is a safe space. Name. Yeah, but uh, but I I do think two primary things that I would stress. Um, well, two things, and and not not just as a matter of opinion. The first one I'll say is a primary thing that I think is absolutely essential. The second one I think is a, sen- a secondary thing, which I think I would consider somewhat important. Um, okay. First thing, primary thing I would say is content. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. So the content of the songs, honestly, that's that's the biggest thing. You know, mm. if if they're uh, if you feel like they have too many instruments and that bongo is bothering you, you know, not the most important thing. If you feel like they don't have enough instruments and you feel like they need to fill it out with a bass line and not just have a piano or a guitar, um, not the most important thing. Um, what is most important is what they are singing. And to um, that point, if, if you don't mind, yeah, um, you know, one of the ways that we do that is that we're teaching and admonishing through it. Right. And so you have to consider, by singing this song, what am I teaching and admonishing others with? Yes. Is this, am, am I teaching through this song truth or am I teaching falsehoods? It's yeah. It's very important. Yeah. And that's why I think that's that is the the key thing. And I said checking out what they are singing. I should say what we are singing because it's not just about people who are shopping or looking for churches, but like even just us in examining our our own churches. Because um, I might think that man, we have the best music ministry in the world because we have the most talented people on the planet. But if we're not singing truth, we're oh, yeah. teaching and admonishing with something, and. Is it faithful to the scriptures? Is it not? And that's going to determine whether or not we're actually letting the word of Christ dwell richly in our heart or just the word of man. Right. Yeah. And I think if you look at Paul's ministry to the Corinthians, that's an example of a ministry that didn't come with all the worldly wisdom and the looks, like, but it came with the power of the Holy Spirit and it came in truth. Um, and he preached the unadulterated gospel. Hmm. And it came in weakness and in trembling and in fear. And so I think you can come into a church um, and maybe, you know, the person who's leading, it's the best they got. And and they're not the best singer. Like they can hold a tune, but, you know, you know, they're not your American Idol singer. Um, they're not going to belt out the new popular hit. Uh, but they're, they're doing what they're doing and that... Hey, they're the person who can hold a tune and they're going to stand up there and lead the congregation. And you might say, oh, well, there's weakness in that, or it's not the greatest thing ever. Like, but is it coming in the power of the Holy Spirit? Right. Is it is it proclaiming the truth of God? And I think that that is 
more, not just more important, it is, it is most important. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what allows you to overlook weaknesses. It's what allows you to get past preferences and not, and when I say that, I'm not trying to say that people's preferences are bad because a lot of times our preferences are tied to experiences um, in which we've experienced uh, worshiping God or intimacy with God in certain environments, under right. certain circumstances and cultural conditions. And so sometimes going into a new environment, it's like, man, like, well, this isn't exactly what I experienced. And like you're saying, like, yeah, you might be stripped down to where like we only have one person to lead singing or maybe it feels like, you know, we don't have musicians or we don't have, um, in some places like you've probably experienced in Kenya and like uh, in some places in Africa, like you don't, you just need somebody who's willing to stand up and snap to hold the beat. Cause as soon as they right. start singing, everybody starts singing. You can't even just hear that one person. Sure. Uh, and so, and to me, that is just, that's just beautiful. Um, I've been to Zambia and been with brothers and sisters there. And um, even in a larger church in uh, Conrad and Bayway's church, like the, the song leader, really, he's just, he's starting the lyrics and then the, the church fills in. Right. You know, and they have, of course, they have other instruments there too. But then when you go with some of those other brothers and sisters, um, maybe just visiting other churches, you know, you're driving around, going to a restaurant, whatever, they can pull out from memory and like, Mm -hmm. let's sing a song and they'll say, let's sing number 42 from this, uh, this song book. And they just like, they just right there, they'll sing it. And to me, that is just as beautiful. Um, and that gets to my secondary point is the primary one, one is singing the truth so that the word of Christ is dwelling in us richly. I think that's an essential, that's a non-negotiable. The second one is, um, I think hearing, uh, one another singing with one another in a way in which you can hear one another sing. Hmm. You might say that's debatable in, in some senses. There's a reason why I put it secondary, but I think it's still important uh, that we are singing to one another. And um, and that's not me advocating for one extreme on the, on you know, the, the side of simplicity versus, you know, another ex- right. extreme on the side of like having as much equipment as possible. I'm, I'm not trying to find myself on either side of that extreme, but I, I do think there's something that's very valuable and important about being able to hear one another sing um, in the voice of the congregation being lifted up together. I think that's something that is common in the Old Testament and in the Psalms and yeah. um, as as those people are singing together or in moments where, you know, Moses is leading them to say something together um, mm-hmm. about the Lord, that he is good and that his steadfast love endures forever. Um, so I, I think I think that's, that's also an important uh, yeah, part I, of congregational worship that you want to, yeah yeah i think that's great i I think you know um i'm pretty sure i'm there with you on that uh obviously content primary uh, it's a direct reflection of what god calls us to do in his word and then um as a secondary thing some of that is uh circumstantial but i think an, an implication of that passage is that we are teaching and admonishing one another now i understand um, if if there's a church that has a solo music or special music, that that could be one way potentially 
of how someone stands up and teaches and admonishes through psalms, mm-hmm. hymns, and spiritual songs the rest of the congregation. Um, yeah. Here's where the problem would be. The problem would not be if if we recognize that as a valid form of doing it. The problem would be when we start pushing those preferences on one another as though what's required is solo music. Mm-hmm. We have to have we have to have someone get up and sing a solo before the service is over, or else it's not a service. Mm-hmm. Well, once we start requiring in the service, right? What what the scriptures do not require, then we're running into some issues. What the scriptures require us to do is to seem sing psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, letting the word of Christ dwell richly in our heart, teaching and admonishing. And so long as we can keep the forms to that, these are forms. Sometimes they're circumstantial ways of doing that. A choir would be an example of that. Um, mm-hmm. um, and, and one way to think of that is, for instance, in in Kenya or in Zambia, they're singing like Kenyans. And it's mm-hmm. an example that, that God is saving people from every tribe, tongue, and nation, and they're going to make use of their culture in order to sing praises and worship to God. Um, but we couldn't ever hold that as a standard across all cultures, across all people. But what we can hold as the standard is this command to, to do the first thing, mm-hmm. uh, uh, the content. And so, yeah, I I agree. We need to be hearing one another sing. We need to be teaching and admonishing, and um, we just want to be very careful that our forms, I would say, don't become the principle that we say we must do, right? and keep the forms the forms. Yeah, and I, and I think uh, even rounding that out in the situation of like special music, um, I think in as much as there's a danger of saying like, you know, it's not the service isn't done right until you have special music. Like you need to do that. I personally find, you know, a danger also in saying that like, you know, special music doesn't fit in to the biblical vision of, you know, mm-hmm. of worshiping the Lord, you know, but somehow singing does and then somehow preaching does. And here you have something that may function as something in between where you have somebody standing <laughs> up and admonishing right. everybody and teaching and, yeah, you know, or expressing a, a glory, glorious truth about God through the form of singing um, and the assumption that that somehow by nature uh, is a misuse of singing in the church, I think is also falling into that same error on the opposite extreme. Yeah. At that point we're we're just, we're just highlighting another form and saying that's what the scriptures require. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's, I think that's great. Brother, what about, what about my personal life? So we've talked a lot about congregational stuff, and we'll just wrap up here with with just a couple more thoughts. Mm-hmm. Um, in my personal life, I'm living life day to day, Monday through Friday. I have, I, you know, I have my Spotify going. I have my Apple Podcasts uh, or or Apple Play, whatever Apple Music going. Um, do you have some advice for Christians on if we're going to listen to music? On our day-to-day life, what we do in terms of the type of music we consume, um, and maybe being careful about what types of music we consume. I think the best thing I could do is just to quote um, Paul from the verse that you mentioned earlier in Colossians three seventeen, and there's other 
scriptures that essentially say the same thing. But um, to sum up all of what uh, our life should look like after Paul gives the whole, you know, putting on your new self and how you behave within the church, he says, Colossians 3.17, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Um, and to the Corinthians in the context of, of talking about um, the Lord's Supper and other things, um, Paul says, whether you eat or you drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And I think that's, that's, that's honestly the best test of yeah. anything that we're consuming on a regular basis or anything we're doing on a regular basis, even if there are things that um, you could say are objectively good. I mean, there's lots of objectively right. good things that we could misuse in an idolatrous way. Um, so I think when it comes to the music that we're listening to, um, the songs that we're singing, you know, just taking those scriptures and, you know, they tell us whatever we're doing to do it to the glory of God um, and to uh, be doing it in a way that's in the name of the Lord Jesus and it's giving yeah. thanks to the Father through him. And so, I think yeah, that's good. I, yeah, I, you know, and um, my intention in that question is not to bind you and, and create and, and to create a law <laughs> that the scriptures don't give us. Um, yeah. But, but, you did just give us a command that the scriptures give us. And I think it's wise for us in our own personal lives to be uh, careful about the things that we consume and take the most entertainment in and the things that we get stuck in our head and that we sing to mm -hmm. ourselves all the time. Um, and we don't have to go far in using our imagination um, to think through these songs right here bring glory and honor to Christ I know for sure and I and I I know these are the things that I want to be meditating on and we just want to be careful first of all if we have access to all this wonderful beautiful good music like like Spotify allows us to have access to mm -hmm. um, what, what a wonderful gift to be able to make use of it and yeah. to season our daily life with with truth and um I do have a passion for, you know, the songs that we sing on Sunday morning mm -hmm. be becoming the songs that our folks sing throughout the week and that they love and that they enjoy. Um, and as with anything, if, if I were going to watch a movie, if I were going to read a book mm -hmm. is what I'm reading for the purpose of edification. Um, is it helping me to, to, to think about the things of Christ uh, so that I can make the most of my time for the days are evil and mm -hmm. I want to treasure Jesus, treasure Christ. And so, yeah, I think that's good. K keeping that at the forefront of our minds um, is of utmost importance. Um, just two last questions here, man. I just want sure. th these are more opinionated mm -hmm. and, um, and uh, I'd love to hear your uh, answers to these, and even if they're a little bit difficult to answer. Okay. Uh, what are some Christ-exalting artists that people should be listening to right now? People who oh, are listening, besides Nate Emmanuel, <laughs> who are some Christ-exalting artists that you know of? And by the way, if you're listening to this, that's one of the things I love about Nate. Nate's always uh, sending me links or whatever to some artist I've never even heard of 
who has music that's um, glorifying Christ. And mm. um, so I ask you that question um, as, you know, as an expert in the field. <laughs> Bro, you know, it's so funny about that question is sometimes people who ask me that question and I've literally sent people a text message list of like 30 like <laughs> names. And then afterwards I'm like, why did I do that? <laughs> like, it just overwhelmed them. It was like, whoa. Uh, right. Well, give us and, five. And, okay. Or three. <clears throat> yeah. And and I, and I, I even want to say that just like, I think a lot of times there's, there's music out there that's not the most popular, like, uh, Christian music, you know, if you want to use that term, but there's a lot of indie people out there who are just so good. Mm -hmm. Um, one person I would name who's in the more like folk and soul kind of, uh, genre is, uh, a woman named Abby Morrow. That's A-B-I-M-A-R-O. I've been listening to her since I was in college. Uh, she's from the UK. I got a chance to meet her actually last year. Super cool. Uh, sister in Christ and one of my favorite songwriters. Um, uh, another group, King's Kaleidoscope, um, which is fronted by uh, a dude named Chad. And uh, I think a lot of people know them by now. I've been into their stuff for a long time. Their last album, Zeal, um, focuses a lot on uh, returning to a childlike faith. And and obviously, when you talk about Christian music and, 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 and content, uh, there can be uh, a lot said about you know what should be said and not said in the album, et cetera. Yeah. Um, one of my favorites, uh, Jonathan Ogden, mm. another dude from the UK. Uh, I just a lot of his songs are like modified psalms, and so I just I love him. And he experiments with a lot of like lo-fi hip hop and soul and um and some other genres too. So yeah, I'm a big jonathan ogden fan as well i'm sure there's some other people that i'm not thinking yeah. about <laughs> no, that's great but oh, oh i would let me let me throw out one or two more another one um the gray havens which i think more and more people are learning about them as well uh super cool storytelling kind of music and then I feel like I need to say like some kind of hip hop artist. I haven't been listening to a lot of CHH recently, um, but uh, I feel like I got to say somebody. Beautiful uh, eulogy. Beautiful eulogy. Yeah, let's it's, throw, it's, throw that out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's it's that one's a, a clear go-to because uh, it's it's just so rich with, with biblical truth. Yeah. It really is. Um Brother, any any closing remarks or thoughts that you have on this topic? Yeah, I I think I would just uh, remind us that it is it's such a privilege to sing to the Lord. Hmm. Um, I think that not everybody, but most people are into music. You know, they like music, they like singing, they like listening to it, and so it's 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 really a privilege that we get to use music to the glory of God that we get to enjoy that gift that he's, that he's given us. And, and maybe one last thing is, you know, back in college, I had a friend of mine who we were talking about devotional times and he, um, he talked about how, you know, the way that he started off his devotional time was with, uh, worship through song. Um, and that stuck with me and that's something that mm -hmm. I began to incorporate in my devotional times um 
and recently also uh, at some point last year was listening to the Behold Your God podcast and uh, John Snyder was talking about his college days and how he would, you know, he's in, with his roommates and yet he's like singing into a pillow so they don't hear like some hymn or something. Yeah. And, um, and I thought, oh, well, you know, yeah, there's other people who are doing that too. I, I think as we talk about it as a congregation, congregational kind of thing uh that's also something that in your quiet time with the lord or not so quiet time whatever it may be um your alone time um that's something that could encourage you and uh and help remind you of truth and set your mind on things above yeah no that's great and 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 i think even just adding to that um what a wonderful thing to do with your family as well you know Mm. if you have a wife husband kids um I, I sent a video uh, the other day of, of my wife and I and our, our family singing um, All Glory Be to Christ. And I sent it to Richard, and Richard said, challenge taken. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he wanted to commit to do the same thing. Uh, such a beautiful thing that we get to do together as, as, um, as individuals, as families, uh, as, as the body of Christ. Um, you know, we, we could challenge one another to try to find a culture on this planet that doesn't sing. And, mm. and it makes you realize uh, there's a reason why music is there. Um, all the way from the beginning of Genesis, just a few generations in, we have somebody, uh, Jabal, be, be, being named as um, the father of those who played the lyre and the strings. Mm. Um, it's, it's been with us for as long as people have been here. And um, that's because I think God's given us um, a, a passion for music to yeah. sing. And uh, we can use that passion in a lot of um, horrifying ways, which mm. which we do, just turn on the radio. Um, but what a privilege to be able to do this thing that we all love to do, uh, but yeah. to do it by singing thankfulness to the one who created us. And so, um, yeah, this this surely is a privilege. So so I would just encourage everyone listening um, to grab hold of Bible centric, Christ exalting music. And sing it to the glory of God um, by yourself, with your family, in a church, and uh, and be and be blessed by it. Well, Nate, I just want to thank you, brother, for uh, for for joining us today. Glad to be on the podcast. It was it was a great time. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the King Street Podcast. If you enjoyed it, let us know. Feel free to send us an email at info at kingstreetchurch.com or connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at kingstreetchurch. We'd love to hear from you. Well, stay tuned over the next couple of weeks as we continue in our series on spiritual disciplines of the Christian life. Until next time.